Hey, uh, we actually have a small note to put at the beginning of this episode. Yes, we do. We just fu- we just recorded the first Lord of the Rings, and you'll have it pretty soon. But when we were looking at our uploads, we noticed that one of the first people that always are listening to us consistently, one of the first ones to do it, and they've done it through, I think, most of the ones we've seen, is mm-hmm. someone from Terre Haute or an area around Terre Haute. So for this person... Thank you for being our biggest fan. No, no, we're sorry. Yes, we're sorry, number one, but thank you for being our biggest fan, and we'd also love to... We want you as a guest. Yes, we want you Ryan to Ryan thinks be that a would guest. be a good idea. Yeah, so what we're asking you to do is, if you're hearing this right now and you are from Terre Haute, email us with some sort of proof yeah. that you're that person, and one of the next few podcasts, we want you to... Be on it with us. So just for a few minutes, you don't have to be on yeah. for the whole episode. Just a few minutes. Give your thoughts. We'll Skype you in or something. <clears throat> yeah, we'll Skype you in. You don't have to come to. Us. I mean, if you want to come to Decatur, Illinois, you can. But be kind I've of never weird. really been to Terre Haute. I yeah. think Terre Haute's probably nicer than Decatur. Yes. Yeah, so um, if you are that person, Steve is going to give you an email address mm-hmm. to send proof to and give us a way to contact you and we would love for you to come on and say hi for a few minutes on the podcast and there's no pressure if you don't want to come on that's okay but at least i'm going to give you my email reach out and at least say hi and we'll at least give you another shout out next week yes exactly so uh ryan thought this would be a great idea after we were looking at the stats so here's my email uh spqr2001 at gmail um Reach out to me, tell me who you are, tell me what you like about it, and, and like Ryan said, we'd love to have you on for just a minute or two to give a few thoughts about whatever we're talking about that week. Yep. We'll work it out with you. Exactly. So, um, without any further ado, we're sorry about this brief thing in the beginning, here's the episode that we just recorded. Enjoy. Thank you. Hello, Ryan. Hey, how you doing, Steve? Good. Um, we've been kind of longing to do this episode. Yes, we have. Um, and it hasn't worked out like we wanted it to in the last couple weeks, but it's here we are. It's been about a week and a half. Yeah, it's been a week and a half, I guess. Um, we kept trying and things kept happening that kept us from really being able to, to get this episode together. But now we're actually sitting side by side again. And I think we can do this. Yes, we can. Um, for those of you who didn't pay attention, this is Extended Edition Fellowship of the Ring. Yes, because no one has ever talked about Lord of the Rings movies on a podcast. So No, they this haven't. Is, this is brand new. This is new territory. No one's ever done this before. We're going to try to do it right. Yeah, not many people... We'll, we'll fail. Yeah. Not many people have seen these movies, I don't think. Either. No, it's they're underrated. They're like cult classics. <laughs> yeah, cult classics. It's on the hard-to-find rack at... It's right next to Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, shit. Don't fuck that movie up. That's a good movie. <laughs> it is. I love that movie. Um, but yeah, and we chose to do the extended editions because that's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, we're both huge Lord of the Rings fans. Um, and frankly, I don't watch anything but the extended editions anymore. No, I, I, like if it's on TNT and I'm at like a hotel or something, I'll watch the other one. But the only ones I own are the extended editions. I own it on... DVD and on digital now. So. Right. Yeah, I own I own them digitally. Um, and the one thing we're not going to do here is talk about... We may mention some of the differences, 
but that's not what we're focusing on because that's been done at least at least once before. Mm -hmm. I'm sure somebody's talked about the differences. Um, and at this point, the other reason that we're not doing that is because, very frankly, I don't know if I could pick out the differences anymore. Yeah, I don't remember what the differences are. I know there's a couple scenes that as I watched it again, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember that wasn't in the theatrical. Mm -hmm. um, but I've watched them so so many times extended that that's just my normal. Yeah, that's that's just the version I know. It's not like it's a special right. edition. It's just, just the my edition, so... So let's start out with, we, we're going to have a bit of a, uh, I don't want to say a script, because that's not the right way of putting it, but a bit of a topics to talk about on this one. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about the movie itself and, and, and the world and everything else, but then we're also going to talk about things that we, Ryan and I have talked about in, in Facebook messages back and forth that we think would be fun just to discuss. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to those in a little bit, but I don't even, I mean, where do you even start with Fellowship? I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, there's a few movies that I remember vividly seeing in the theater. Mm -hmm. um, one of them, I just watched it last night on Disney Plus for the first time forever. It was Rocketeer. I remember mm -hmm. seeing that in the theater in this town I grew up, a little small town called Quincy, Illinois, where I grew up. I remember seeing that. Um, there was a dollop about your town. Yeah, I know. My, <laughs> my dad had him in class. The guy who was convicted that, of creating a natural yeah. disaster? Yeah. Now, yeah. my dad is on the side of he could totally see this guy doing it because he also burnt down a lot of things. And well, you know, that guy. I, I wonder if he's listening. I doubt it. I don't think so. I don't think anybody listens, so. No, probably not. But I remember that. I remember seeing Speed for the first time. Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. Terminator 2. It's still, my favorite story of that one is I wanted to go see Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And my dad's like, no, we're seeing Terminator 2. And it was the greatest choice he's ever made. Yeah. Um, but one of the ones I remember seeing was Lord of the Rings. You know, I remember um, I was home for Christmas break. I went out early that day. I bought the tickets. I, I liked Peter Jackson. I knew who Peter Jackson was because I'm a big film person. So I knew him from um, Heaven's Prisoners, um, a great Kate Winslet movie. Um, I knew him from The Frighteners, a really underrated um, well, Michael J. Fox movie. What was the Peter Jackson movie that was kind of his horror comedy? Uh, Dead Alive. Dead Alive. That, I saw that in Canada when I went up there. Mm -hmm. God, it's been a couple of three years now. I loved that movie. Oh, yeah. That I was loved, hilarious. I, didn't, I hadn't seen that movie at this time. After no, I hadn't. After this, yeah. then I saw it. But yeah, Dead Alive is great. Or it's also known as Brain Dead in certain places. Oh, is it? Okay, so yeah. I, like, I, I know it as Dead Alive. Yeah, Dead Alive is what's more commonly known. But yeah, so I knew this guy anyway. I've never read the books. Um, okay. I've tried. I just am not into high fantasy. I am a nerd. I am a geek. I'm just not into high fantasy. I love the ideas of high fantasy, but the closest to this kind of thing I've read is something like uh, Song of Ice and Fire, where mm -hmm. it's not as much with limericks, and it's, you know, I can't get into the I am this person, son of this person, daughter of this person, son of this person, and give yeah. me the lineage for five pages. I, obviously, I, I am, this is in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. I mean, I started off in fantasy reading uh, a book in the Dragonlance series. Mm -hmm. I read a trilogy um, about that. It's called the Chronicles Trilogy. Um, so that was my first introduction to fantasy. Uh, but it led me to Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, mm -hmm. And yeah. eventually, I even read the Silmarillion. I've got 
I've got other works that were not finished mm -hmm. that have been finished since then. Children of Hurin, for example. Yeah. And I've read all of those. Um, so I love this high fantasy read, but you're right. It is not for everyone. Silmarillion is rough for even people who enjoy like that. That, yeah, because it reads like a heavy history book. Mm -hmm. um, I did read Lord of the Rings, so when I saw this was coming, and I was beyond excited. I, I, I already have a chubby for the Amazon series coming out. Yeah. I mean, I cannot wait good. for that. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you. I remember very vividly when this was coming out, I was so excited. Weekend got closer and closer and closer, and I bought tickets, and I went and saw it that opening weekend. Mm -hmm. and, and when the music started playing, da 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 da, da mm -hmm. and Lord of the Rings popped up on the screen, ah, mm -hmm. oh, that was just like, I was in heaven for the next two hours. Two, three. Yeah, two to three hours, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. I was just in heaven. Yeah, and um, I saw it with my girlfriend, who's my wife now, and her mom. And her mom is a huge... Tolkien fan, mm -hmm. huge Lord of the Rings fan, so she was really excited about it, and I was hoping that it would be a fun action, because I do love high fantasy, I just can't read the books. Yeah, I, I love the worlds that most of it's based on, it's just, the books isn't for me, like, I love fantasy, because one of my favorite series is the Dresden series. I love Dresden um, I love Tales from the Neverender, you know, there's all these series I read, it's just, I don't, I can't get into that, it's called the high fantasy, where it's yeah. very, very... With songs in it and everything. It feels like almost that. like a proper version of it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just want yeah. the down and dirty version. But, yeah. you know, I was just hoping for a fun movie. I'm like, this was it. I'm like, it looks really good. I don't know too much about it. And I remember seeing it. And, like you said, like it starts out with the history of the world where um, Gladriel is telling about the ring. And in the first five minutes, I was 100% hooked. I'm like, this is cool. Because they're going through 2,000 years before, and here's when he made the ring, and the elves and um, the men, and the, the, men and the dwarves all came together, which um, Justice League totally ripped off yeah, on they when they had the scene with like the Amazons, the Atlanteans, the Green Lanterns, and everything fighting Steppenwolf. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this Lord of the Rings, okay. Yeah. Um, but that's where, I mean, like, right away, I was hooked. All right, do you know many movies that have a better first 10 minutes in terms of in terms of hooking you to the story. I'm not talking about the best there there are movies where the first 10 minutes are much more action packed that mm -hmm. hook you that drag you in quickly. Yeah. But in terms of hooking you to a story cuz there's no doubt that the Lord of the Rings as a trilogy and if you extend it out as six movies uh-huh is a story. Yeah. Is there a better movie that hooks you as a story than this one does? No, and like it's kind of a cheat because it's just exposition dump. Yeah. But you can't you have to have it. You have to have it. And it's better, you know, a lot of worse movies would have started in the Shire and then like Gandalf would have come and he would have been talking to Frodo. He's like, well, the history of this is... Here's the story of the ring. And, you know, that wouldn't have gone as well. I like how Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh and what's her name? Philippa Boyens, I think, were the three yeah, something writers. Like that. They're like, no, we are putting... Here's the history. Here's what you need to know. Here's ten minutes. Expo you exposition dump. It's awesome. Now we're starting the movie. You could tell from that first ten minutes that Peter Jackson is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah, and they understood the world. Because yes. it's, you know, this came out the same time as the first Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. I love the Harry Potter books. Oh, there's no doubt. I have a Harry Potter tattoo. Mm -hmm. Not getting into the author. 
I love the books. Yep. We're, we're, not, not, we're nope. not talking about her, but the books I love. I have a tattoo and everything like that. The first Harry Potter movie I don't watch because it's so slaven to the source material that it's just kind mm-hmm. of inert and boring. And I feel like the what Harry Potter does... Now, granted, they're over the course of seven, eight movies. Eight movies, seven books. Seven books. Um... Harry Potter takes the entire first movie uh-huh. to tell the background of the world. Yeah. The Lord of the Rings does it in the first ten minutes. Yeah, and like, Harry Potter was like, okay, we gotta get this scene, we gotta get this character in, we gotta get this in. I like the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. I watch them. I I'm like not knocking them. it. Yeah, I like I love the books, I like the movies, but the you could tell that Peter Jackson understood Lord of the Rings so much more than Chris Columbus understood Harry Potter, because he's like, I don't need I, to have in everything. Here's... The idea of what he was going for. I, I, to, to bring that to anybody who pays attention, who maybe hasn't, maybe you're not as big of a Lord of the Rings nerd as I am, but maybe you're a big Star Wars nerd. Peter Jackson to Lord of the Rings is what Dave Filoni is, is Star to Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, Dave Filoni is, he, he knows Star Wars probably almost better than Lucas himself. Yeah, I'm sure that there's some things that Lucas is like, oh, is that it? And Flummy's like, yeah, you said it this time and this time. He's yeah. probably forgotten. Yeah. And so Peter Jackson is that to Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And like I said, he knew that you didn't need in every single beat. You didn't need no. in every single character. It's like, this is what there's the story was. I'm going to make a very good three-hour movie of Fellowship of the Ring. If I don't put in this character, if I don't put in this scene... It's fine because it's still... And he moves stuff around in all three of the movies. Yeah. It's interesting because they shot all three movies at the same time. Yeah. And I read somewhere fairly recently where... Was it Ian McKellen? It was either Ian McKellen or... Um, who played Saruman? Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. One of the two of them shot their very first scene of the movie and the last scene of the movie within two hours of each other. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, but I mean, like, they had everything mapped out. And yeah. that's that is why it's one movie. I mean... Yeah. Fellowship of the Ring is a great movie, this but is when one. you put them together, it's even better. This is this isn't three movies. This is one twelve-hour movie. Yeah, it just is. Um, unlike, and I we can compare this to Star Wars because you've got let's let's just use the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is three separate movies. <coughs> yeah, there is a common story. Mm-hmm. It's a theme, there but is, it is not a it is not seven hours of movie. Yeah, it's a saga with three different mm-hmm. stories. Lord of the Rings is twelve-hour movie. Yeah. One movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try my best to keep my own personal bias out of my opinions of Lord of the Rings. But to me, it is one of the single greatest masterpieces of cinema of all time. Yeah. No question. Oh, yeah, I would too. You know, I'm a huge fan of <clears throat> classic cinema. It's mm-hmm. not like you know, like I watch indie films and everything like that. I'm not like I don't watch just the popular movies. I've seen everything. Yeah. This is one of the best films ever made it's going to go down as like it's going to be in the same kind of area as a Casablanca as a this? Wizard of Oz is there anything in our generation at this point that rivals this in terms of greatness you know I would have said if the Matrix would have ended with the Matrix maybe. that would probably be close to it maybe but I think those two movies hurt it and like that's the thing and like we're not talking about The Hobbit. The Hobbit kind no, the of hurt. The Hobbit hurt it, but I'm talking only these three. Yeah. And, like, The Hobbit did kind of hurt it. Like, I like The Hobbit movies. Yeah, but it, it could have been one. <clears throat> and I watch The Hobbit movies, but they aren't as good. No, they're not. And, like, it hurt it because then you didn't have just perfect. You know, you didn't have perfection. Now you have three perfect movies and then three that are the, oh, they're they're okay. They're good. 
I, you know, here's the thing. You take the Lord of the Rings out and you put the Hobbit in. Mm-hmm. Those are three good movies. Yeah, I, you know, I really. But you're like, comparing them to what to its to its granddad. Yeah, exactly. And there's no comparison. No, it's you know, the Lord of the Rings and how much of a chance and how risky this was. If it wouldn't have worked, New Line Cinema wouldn't have existed anymore. They oh, this would have bankrupted them. Yeah, they put all of this stuff, and I couldn't imagine being Peter Jackson. Wanting to see this succeed because you're such a big fan of the world and wanting other people to like it, but also knowing that you have a whole studio with hundreds of people relying on it. Yeah. If Peter Jackson doesn't make this movie the way he made it, New Line Cinema, you said, like you said, is gone. It wouldn't exist. It would have gone bankrupt, Mm -hmm. and it would not exist today. Well, it doesn't exist today. Well, it doesn't exist today. It was because it was bought out. It just, you know. Right. Warner Brothers just absorbed it. Right. But, but it wouldn't have existed to been absorbed. Yeah. Somebody would have bought it for 100 bucks. Yeah. And so now we have all your stuff. And there's a lot of times where you see movies being shot back to back, like the two pirates, like two and three yeah. are shot. Uh, it's not Avengers uncommon. Movies, I'm pretty sure they were shot together. Uh, maybe. I think so. It's not uncommon for but movies to be shot like this. Those were also after the first one was a giant hit. Yes. This, you know, there's never there was never a big fantasy movie that did well honestly prior to lord of the rings there's no blockbuster fantasy movies yeah they're i mean they've tried and i know because i love fantasy i would love to watch a big blockbuster there have been there was there was a dungeons and dragons movie was that before this i think so because i thought it was kind of one of those that they're like i think it came right about the same time yeah because i thought it was one of those like oh that did well so maybe people like this and they're like no no well if they'd have done it right yeah um, um, like Excalibur in like 1980 was kind of big, but that's kind of different too because yeah. that's a so, King Arthur. Okay, so Dungeons and Dragons came out in 2000. Okay, so it was before. This. It was before. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So now imagine that. Imagine Dungeons and Dragons is for anybody who doesn't know. Again, I'm a big tabletop gamer as well. Dungeons and Dragons is the franchise of tabletop gaming. Yes. It, it is the grandfather of them all. It is it is up on a pedestal. It is everything. So imagine now being Peter Jackson with a studio writing on your back and the franchise of tabletop role-playing games made a movie that I, I just looked on IMDb mm-hmm. has a 2.6 rating. That's generous. Yeah. And now you're making this. Uh-huh. So how, how are you going to make this knowing that a movie bearing the name of the franchise that spawned... Now, we'll talk about this too. The franchise... Really, Lord of the Rings spawned Dungeons and Dragons, the franchise. But mm-hmm. that franchise just failed in a movie. Yeah. And now you're being told to make this fantasy movie. And, like, the other really interesting thing is how long this movie was trying to be made. I mean, we're talking yeah. decades. Well, there um, was a Lord of the Rings before this. Yeah. The cartoon. The Baskin cartoon. Yeah. Not Carol Baskin. Well, not Carol. <laughs> Isn't that their names? I don't know. I can't remember. I, it, Rank, was, it, was crap. Bass? it was It was crap. But um, like, there's actually a book I really like. It's called Tales from Developmental Hell, and it's about all these big IPs that took forever to be made. Like, there's a chapter on Arnold Schwarzenegger tried to make a Crusades movie for two decades. Is that um, what? Are, did anything ever become of that? Nope, never happened. That would have been a good movie. Um, like the I am, they tried to make I am Legend before the Will Smith movie. Um, they have a huge thing about Batman and all the Batmans they tried to make before Batman Begins, but they had a chapter on Lord of the Rings, and the Beatles tried to be the Four Hobbits. Did you know that? 
I didn't know that. Um, <coughs> I'm also very concerned at that. Back in the late 60s, they the Beatles wanted to make a Lord of the Rings movie, and they were going to wow. play the Hobbits. That's I'm not sure I would have... I'm and, not sure about that. Yeah, and then the guy that made Deliverance wanted to make Lord of the Rings. And, like, he had all this carte blanche, so he almost made Lord of the Rings, and then they couldn't get the rights. So he's like, I'm going to make my own... Um, kind of outworldly movie. It's going to be inspired by Tolkien, but it's not Lord of the Rings. You know what it was? Zardoz. Zardoz, really? I just watched that the other night. Yeah. That is what happens when he couldn't make Sean Lord Connery of the Rings. in a I don't what bandolier. do you call that? A band a, yeah. A bandolier with a thong. All movies. Mm-hmm. The whole movie, yeah. But the only reason that exists is he couldn't get Lord of the Rings. So he actually wanted to make Lord of I the am, Rings. I'm actually quite glad he didn't get it then. Yes. Zardoz um, is horrible by the way. Yes. It's, if you haven't seen Zardoz, I really, it's not made for you. It, it's, it's really it's bad. Really bad. I enjoy it because it's just total crap. Mm-hmm. But penis is bad. Yeah, guns no. are <laughs> guns good. are good. Um, and yeah, then, no. And then in the nineties, uh, Harvey Weinstein tried to make it, and he was going to make it into two movies. He was going to cut it like, like Halfway. butcher. It. Yeah, he was just going to butcher it and made it in two. So that's where Peter Jackson actually started with it, and then. That didn't happen. Weinstein still got money from it. He still got money because he still had the rights. <clears throat> and then they said, no, we're going to bring in New Line. And New Line's like, why don't you just make three out of it? So they're behind him, and then he made it. And then the first movie, it came out right before Christmas, 2001. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that. it was a time where it was a rough time for America. It was after 9-11. Yep. And this movie came out, and it was this first time that people... You know, real. I think like it was the perfect movie for the perfect time. It really was. They're talking about evil in the world and good fighting it and everything like that. So that's the common theme of this movie, and that is good versus evil. That mm-hmm. is that is it. Yeah. End of story. And there's nothing fancy about it. What good men do when they have to, and what good men can't do. Yes. Uh, you mentioned me. You mentioned the other day, Isildur is a dick. Mm-hmm. So, the story for anybody who happens to have never seen this movie before, um, Sauron has the ring. It controls all the other rings, and he's evil. Um, and they, the army of the of men and elves, come together and they they fight Sauron, and they eventually defeat him because. Isildur's dad was the king. Who gets killed. Like, gets bitch-smacked across the um, whole, like... The the entire battlefield. The battlefield, because, I mean, he just gets backhanded and dies. And his son, Isildur, comes... Picks up the sword. Tries to pick up the sword. You know, it breaks because Sauron's there. And he just gets lucky and, like, cuts off his hand. The hand with the ring. Yeah. So then, you know, he explodes... Yeah, nuclear blast kind of thing. Yeah, and then like... But then a sealed door, uh, we find out it, later in the movie. We don't find out immediately. No. A sealed door... He didn't ruin... Did not destroy the ring uh-huh. when um, uh, when he could have Elrond took Elrond's him to like, destroy yeah, the, the ring. And, uh, honestly, at that point, you've got you've got two failures. You've got the failure of a sealed door to destroy the ring. And you've got the failure of Elrond to make sure it's destroyed. Yeah, to Spartan kick his ass into... Yeah, um... Honestly, and that's one of the things my daughter asked me. She goes, "Why didn't Why didn't the elf just knock him in?" And I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, the elf's name is Elrond, and he didn't because he's a good he's a good person." Yeah, he thought that he, good know, would triumph, but it, it did not. didn't. Yeah. Um, 
the ring then goes to a sealder. A sealder is ambushed at some point. He gets killed. Uh, he gets killed. The ring goes missing for centuries. Mm-hmm. Like 2,000 years. Until it's found, we find out later on by a... By Gollum. A Gollum. Smeagol at the time. Who happens to be a hobbit named Smeagol. Mm-hmm. Was he a hobbit or was he, he something like a hobbit? A hobbit. Okay. Because um, they were out fishing. Yeah, I never understood if he was a hobbit-like creature or was it actually a hobbit. It was just a hobbit. Um, so uh, they... And then he he turned the, the ring corrupts him over centuries, uh-huh. and he becomes Gollum. But then it goes away, and it meets Bilbo Baggins, mm-hmm. who is our hero from The Hobbit. Um, and if you actually read The Hobbit, he's actually the author of The Hobbit. Yes. So the book that that he writes in Lord of the Rings, the beginning, there and back again, that's The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hobbit's Tale. Yeah. So um, that's where we start this movie. Mm-hmm. Bilbo's having his. 111th birthday. R- yeah. And R.I.P. Ian Holm. He just yeah, died like two did, weeks ago. He did just die. Um, I always know him as Bilbo or the first dude that gets an alien. That's true. He is the first dude that gets an alien. I know him as Bilbo. No, that's John Hurt. No, he's he was the android. He was the android alien. Was he? Yeah. I'm going to have to watch Alien again. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he's got the ring. It's starting to corrupt him. Mm-hmm. Slowly. Slowly. Because he's a good person. And that is... And it's only been 100 years for him. Yeah. Well, it's not even been 100 years. It's probably only been about 50 years for him. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I would say if I, there is a flaw. I never understood the power of the ring. The ring is sentient. Yeah. Um, it but, has a will to corrupt those who, who wear it. And if you read the books and, and the lore, hobbits have a natural immunity to that kind of evil. Mm-hmm. And that's why... It corrupted Isildur almost immediately. Yeah. And it took a century to corrupt Smeagol. Yeah. And was starting to corrupt And Smeagol wasn't already a good person at that time. Well, Smeagol was kind of a dick anyway, but he wasn't like a bad guy. Yeah. Well, he does kill his, like, friend for the ring. Over the ring. Yeah. Yeah. But that's right away, so. Exactly. He wasn't wasn't as good, but Um, that's the one thing that, and again, I haven't read, so I don't know if it's in there too. The power of the ring is never shown. People just Correct. say it's powerful. Correct. The power of the ring is is corruption, mm-hmm. and it's the ultimate kind of corruption. It is it is deceitful. It is uh, behind the scenes. It is quiet, and that's why they never really show it. Yeah, because, because it it's 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 slow mm-hmm. and it's behind the scenes. It's every, not overt. Everybody's always talking like this could win us the war. And really, the only power they show that the ring has is it makes you invisible. Correct. So it's um, like, how would this, like, if Boromir took it and said, I'm going to go fight um, Mordor right now, how would it have helped him win? I don't understand so that. the other part of it is, remember, it's been it's been centuries since this happened. Mm-hmm. So the ring has become legend. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no real, so I would only have to assume, and I'd have to think, I'd have to read back on it that um, the stories are of this great power of the ring. And the ring is obviously powerful, but its whole power, really, is to get back to Sauron, mm-hmm. who can wield it correctly to control all these other rings. Yeah. So, um, so that, that's yeah. the one thing that I'm always like, I've just never understood what the ring can do if it was unleashed. Because they never have that scene where it's like, here's the ring unleashed. Right, they don't. Um, <coughs> I will grant you that. Um, but yeah, so we started, and 
this is like my younger daughter loves Lord of the Rings. Um, mm-hmm. We watch them every year at Christmas. She doesn't really like Fellowship because it starts out slow. It's very slow. It but does. You got to live in this world because this is what you're going to be fighting for the next ten hours. Well, and that's the other thing that Peter Jackson does a great job of is he makes you emotionally invested at first in the Shire mm-hmm. because the Shire is going to be the first destruction. Yeah. In this series. And if, if you if you remember one of the thing one of the first things that that Frodo sees when he when Looks he starts to see the... things is he starts to see the destruction of the Shire, mm-hmm. and so you have to love the Shire first. And yeah. you do you fall in love with the Shire. Yeah, and I you, mean very quickly. And this is you got to understand why he wouldn't want to leave, why he'd want to fight to keep this. You know yes. you got to understand all that. So you need to spend time just kind of yeah. chilling. And I have no um, problem with it. It's beautiful. I love. The the shots in the Shire, mm-hmm. uh, Gandalf is the music. Human. Oh yeah, well we'll get to the music in a minute. The but but Gandalf is human. The hobbits are for those who don't know they're they're basically what Dungeons and Dragons would consider halflings. Mm-hmm. So like half size. Well, um, isn't Gandalf supposed to be like seven foot tall? He's also tall. Yeah. Um, because he's not just a human. Gandalf is actually another race of human. And yeah, he's anyway. like an angel. Yeah. yeah. So um, but. They used forced perspective mm-hmm. a lot in this movie. Yeah. And it was before it was they good. had a lot of special effects. So they didn't do the CG. They're like, no, we're going to do it like they did in the 30s and put the camera here and this person's going to be here and it's going to make them look tall and them short. Yeah, Gandalf's going to sit five feet from the camera and, and Frodo's going to sit ten feet from the camera. Yeah. Done. <sighs> and they've taken the tables to make it look like it's all together, but it's actually mm-hmm. two separate tables. And yeah, and all that. Like, it's really just, fantastic. They're just tricks. It's fantastic camera work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for, uh, Bilbo tries to leave. Gandalf's like, hey, you've got the ring. Goes off to research it. Mm-hmm. Comes back and he's like, that's the ring. Yeah. He makes Bilbo leave it behind. Mm-hmm. Now Frodo has it. Um, we're not going to go through this movie shot for shot because we no. really could be here for yeah. hours. Um, and so... So, yeah, you know, it's not worth going through scene by scene. No. Because just watch the movie. But Right. Yeah, it's really important to talk about the beginning because it's all about this table setting because it yes. is one story. The other two movies don't need to table set. No. Um, we were talking a few minutes ago, though, about other movies or other stories and books where they come up with similar names. Mm-hmm. This one is no different. Yeah. So the main antagonist... Is, is Sauron, and then his, but then he's got to deal. But then Gandalf has to deal with Saruman. Yeah, that gets confusing to people who maybe don't know what they're talking about. And like I've seen these movies so many times. If you put a gun to my head and say which one's the eye, I'd be like, <laughs> I would just be like, I think it's Sauron. I think it's yep, Sauron. Sauron. But I would not feel good about my chance of not oh, being I, shot. I got that one. You you can just put the gun down. Yeah. Um. Saruman, of course, being corrupted. Mm-hmm. He's the great wizard, the white wizard. The white wizard being the most powerful of the of the order. Mm-hmm. Played wonderfully by Christopher Lee. The only member of the entire production to have ever met, met J.R. Tolkien. Right. He read it like every year, too. The day he died. The year he died. He yeah. read it every year. Um, the entire trilogy. Um, so, yeah, we've got the, e- the, the evil has corrupted even the good men of the wizarding ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, has gotten them into there. Yeah. So Gandalf. Now I do love 
this is from the story, of course, but I love the continuity of little things you don't think make a big difference. Mm -hmm. The moth. Yeah. At the top of the tower. Gandalf grabs... He, he's imprisoned, quote-unquote, at the top. Mm -hmm. He's He catches a moth, whispers to it, and lets it go. We find out later on, shortly after, mm -hmm. that the moth went to get the eagles. And the, eagles and the eagle comes them and gets them out. And, of course, the eagle, if you pay attention in... In the final movie, when the hobbits are on the rock and there's lava flowing everywhere, and you think they're going to die, and then the a eagle... moth flies by, mm -hmm. and then the eagles come. Yeah. So people, people have said many times, "Why don't the eagles just do everything?" There's but... actually a great story for that. Um, they cannot do that because they, I mean, they are big and powerful, um, but they are sentient creatures as well, mm -hmm. and they're not willing to go into Mordor. Yeah. By themselves to take on the entire army. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you're, you're dealing with basically drakes and, and all these other things. And yeah, it's a great little story. They're like, no, I'm good. Uh, but they do help. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, that's happening, of course. We learn of those that we will learn to be known as the Ringwraiths. Yes. Who are just awesome. Just I mean, wonderfully designed. They're wonderfully designed, but. Think of the... The sound, too. The sound was incredible that mm. they make. Um, they, even to this day, when I saw them, when I watched it the other day and I saw them on the screen, they just evoke a sense of fear. Yeah. I mean, you're just like, oh, God, I would not want to meet those guys. Mm -hmm. um, clearly, inspiration for the... Um, oh, what are they called in Harry Potter? Dementors. The Dementors. Yes. Clearly the inspiration for the Dementors. Oh, yeah. Um, but we find out that these are actually the kings of old who had the rings. Mm -hmm. And then were corrupted and were because corrupted. Sauron took over everything. Yeah, yes. so this was at the time when, you know, Gandalf knows what it is and he has Frodo and then Sam go with him to, you They're know... They're supposed to go to Bree. They're supposed to go to Bree to meet him. They're mm -hmm. going to meet him there. So they're on their way and the ring race start following him because they kidnapped... Um, they kidnapped Gollum. Gollum. And they got two words out of him. Shire Hobbit and Shire. Yeah, Baggins. Shaggins and Baggins. Shire and Baggins. Yeah. yeah. So they know what they're looking for. So now these nine horrible, like, ghost oh. ring race that just shriek out. And they're so everything. awesome. They're following Sam and Frodo. They meet up with their friends, um, Mary, Mary and Pippin. And, and they make it to Bree. And I love this when they get to Bree because they go to where they're supposed to meet, the Prancing Pony. Yep. And, and this they, is where you really learn about about Merry and Pippin too. Yeah, but I just love that like um, Frodo goes up to the um, bartender. He's like, "Is Gandalf here?" He's like, "Gandalf, Gandalf. Hmm, Gandalf. Who is that?" He's like, "He's it's Gandalf." He's like, "Oh, he's got a big bushy beard, right?" I'm like, "Dude, seven foot tall wizard." Yeah, it should be would, someone you should remember. You would think you would recognize. You'd be like. Oh, you mean the giant wizard that comes in here? Yeah, oh no, he's not here. No, he's not here. Um, yeah, so, but you do... And this um, is after, um, like I said, they've gotten away from the ring race once or twice. They get to Bree, and um, yeah, like you said, Merry and Pippin, they, they screw up a lot in these movies. Especially, but they do the redeem themselves in three. Yeah, well, they do redeem themselves in two when they get the ints they to do. go to war. They do. Uh, but, you know, here... Pippin screws up at the very beginning right here, though. Yeah. You know, because he uh, gives the name Tom Underhill. Tom Underhill. Uh, Frodo does when they ask who he is. And then someone's asking, it's like, 
Oh yeah, Frodo, he's right over there. I know a Baggins, he's right there. Yeah, Frodo, come on over. And so, then they cut to the ring rates who somehow they can hear the Baggins uh, word and they just stop and turn and head toward yeah. Bree. <laughs> Knock over the dude that That poor guy door. <laughs> the poor doorman. But I love our introduction of, of what are both of us tend to think this is probably one of the best characters in the whole story. Yeah, Aragon, which is Stryker at Stryker. the time. The introduction of him <clears throat> is fantastic. He's in the Prancing Pony, just in the corner, smoking a pipe. You can't see him or anything like that. So then, you know, he, um, he watches them. He basically kidnaps. Yeah, he watches them, but um, this is the part where, like, Frodo falls over. Puts the ring on. The ring falls on his hand. And he goes invisible. So then, you know... Um, Aragon takes them, and they you think that they're sleeping in their room, and the ring race come, and they're not stabbing. messing around. They just stab without even seeing, and then they pull the sheets off, and you see that they're with um, Aragon. Yeah, they're, they just put pillows in their room, and they're with Aragon. So then they start going away. Now, this is one of the cool scenes in the extended cut. They go to where the um, trolls yes. were. Yes, um, so a nice... A nice uh, call back to the Hobbit. Because nice throwback to the Hobbit. In the Hobbit, there's these three famous trolls that are trying to figure out how they're going to cook the dwarves and, the, and Bilbo. And Bilbo riddles them the whole night. Yeah, keeps them up the whole night because once they, once they get, get the hit sun, by sun, they turn, they turn to stone. So yep. they're still stones. No. Now, here's what's really cool. So there's a video game called The Lord of the Rings Online, mm -hmm. which I played for a while. Um... You can go to you can see the trolls in that game. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Yeah, you, I mean you have to go find them, but mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, so they're in the movie in the extended cut. Yeah, so um, this is where Aragon goes to get like, and this is after you know you find out about uh, Second Brush Fist and uh, Two Zs and yeah. everything like that. Do you think he has Eleven Zs? Eleven Zs, yes. Yeah. So um, this is after that, but he's gone off to get firewood or something and. There with the trolls, and they start a fire because again, Mary. Well, this Pippin, is up on this. This is up on. Now you're talking about up on. Oh yeah, weather this is later. Yeah, no, the, the trolls come after because then he's already sick, and he's like, "Look, Frodo, the trolls." Yeah. So this is before. This is Weathertop. Yeah, Weathertop is one of my favorite scenes, and I think for me, it's one of my favorite. I'm sorry if you hear the elephant upstairs. That's my daughter Kaylee. Um, Weathertop to me is one of my favorite scenes because Weathertop for me is that final establishment mm -hmm. of the age of this world because it's a ruined outpost mm -hmm. from centuries ago and to me that i don't know there's just something magical about weathertop that establishes the age of middle earth yeah that it's been around a long time yeah i mean and, and it, it throws back to when i you know i'm a huge hardcore history listener and one of the episodes he was talking about was the Persian Empire. Mm -hmm. And when Darius camps outside these great city walls that nobody, even in ancient time, in his ancient times of a couple hundred or a couple thousand BC, were ancient to him. Yeah. That's Weathertop. Mm -hmm. These people are basically in the Middle Ages, and this is ancient to them. Yeah. You know, to me, that establishes the, the age of this world. Yeah. That's that, an old ruined watchtower. Yeah. And so, like... Um, Mary and Pippin, again, are the worst, and um, yep. they start Frodo's a fire. Asleep. Yeah, they start a fire to cook because they always have to eat. Yep. I'm a hobbit at heart. Um, yeah, you are. <laughs> um, so then, like, the rays come, and they stab him, and it, you know, really messes him up. Well, but you got to pay attention, because if you don't pay attention to that scene, they talk about, oh, it's a Morgul blade, and mm -hmm. you'll think, well, their swords are Morgul. No, they're not. If you pay attention, he pulls a second weapon. Yeah. The Wraith does. 
and stabs him with the second one. So he, his his primary weapon is just a sword. Mm-hmm. But he stabs him with basically what's a cursed dagger. Yeah, and it makes him really sick. And this is where we meet um, Arwen, mm-hmm. um, the... Um, the, the only casting call I did not like. You don't like Liv Tyler in it? Not in this. Oh, see, I, I think she's a good... I Arwen. did not like her for this. Um, and so they get her, and she is the one that um, takes them to Rivendell to see her dad. Yep. Um, Rivendell's the home of the elves. Yeah, the home of the elves, which is such a beautiful scene. You know, so... again, a beautiful, so beautiful scene. You know, and every time you see the elves, it's just beautiful. Graceful like, and beautiful. Well, even in the first time you see them, it's they're they're leaving. walking. Yeah, they're leaving. And it's almost like there's they're not moving. There's floating past. Because mm-hmm, like Sam just wants to see the elves, so they're watching it and they're going to. I guess they're going to Great Havens. They're going to. They're they're leaving the, the yeah. They're leaving. Yeah. Yeah, they're leaving. So you know, we get to see them leave, and every time you see the elves, they're just so graceful and beautiful, and you know, yeah. In, Ah, so they so, get to Rivendell. Elrond does save Frodo mm-hmm. through his healing magic. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I love here is, and you know, we talk about Aragorn being a great cast with Viggo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. Elrond, the casting is just well, I mean, like spot on. What's a movie that Hugo Weaving is in that you could see, like any of his big ones that you could see someone else playing? Not many. Could you ever see someone else playing Agent Smith? No. Um. And this, he's great he as V and V for Vendetta. Yeah, um, he is. Even when he was Red Skull, when he didn't want to come back and do the Red Skull, they just got someone to do a Hugo Weaving impersonation in yes. Infinity War and Endgame because yeah. they're like, that's Red Skull now. Right. Hugo Weaving, when I read The Lord of the Rings the mm-hmm. first time, I could not have pictured a better... A better casting than Hugo Weaving. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody else could have been better. Yeah, because he's... He is welcoming, but he's also got this edge that... What? He's haughty as well. But he's also got this edge that you wouldn't want to mess with him. No. Like, you can tell that... So, from a high fantasy perspective, this is where my nerd comes in. I'm sorry. Elves are generally... They look down on other races with disdain. Elves yeah. live basically forever. Um, they're good looking. They're, they're attractive. They're, they, they, they live with the world and this. And they look down on everyone. And so what really is awesome is he's looking down on everybody else except mm-hmm. for Gandalf. Gandalf he treats as an equal. Yeah. Again, Gandalf isn't a true man. He's actually another race. But mm-hmm. regardless, um, it's very interesting to watch that. And they get into more of that in the Hobbit movies. You know, they that's, do. That's the one of the cool things about expanding the Hobbit is like you get the scenes of, I, I don't know what else to call it, but the War Council with him and um, Saruman and Gladriel and all of them. Radagast. Know. Let's not. No. I love Radagast. <laughs> Man, not, Radagast is one of my favorite. Let's not guys. put him in the War Council. <laughs> I love him. Um. <laughs> but yeah, so um, Elrond's there. He does help, and then we get to the point where. You know, this is literally, literally an hour and a half into the movie. And, yeah, and we have not met... We've not met half the cast. Half of the Fellowship. It's called the Fellowship of the Ring. And we've met Gandalf <laughs> and the Hobbits. Gandalf, the Hobbits. And, and we're just starting to learn of this guy Strider. Yeah, and like we got Aragorn. So now... Which we don't even know he's Aragorn yet. Yeah, you know, he's this other guy. So now we're starting to meet. and um, They have a great scene of them all coming in individually. Yeah, yeah you, you got the scene of Legolas, Orlando Bloom coming in. You got the scene of Gimli, uh, Boromir, and everything like that coming in. Because now we're at the time of... we're. All the races are coming together. Yes. 
to decide what to do. Um, no one knows what to do. No, and they bring them all together. Um, Frodo is sitting there next to Gandalf. The dwarves are there. The elves are there. The men are there. Mm-hmm. Um, Frodo just puts the ring on the table in front of them all. I just love how it just thunks down. Too. Yeah, and I love Boromir, played by Sean Bean, just sits there and he, he rubs his... He's like... We can use this yes. as a weapon against our enemy. And then, of course, the great meme comes up. They're like, no, we can't use it. We must destroy it. A small party going to Mordor, blah, blah, blah. One cannot simply, One cannot walk, simply walk into Mordor, Mordor, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he describes, the way he describes Mordor is just, it, it puts a chill down your spine just yeah. hearing it described. It's, shot rocks. it's like even the air you breathe is poisoning your lungs. Yeah. And, and then, you know. My daughter's favorite character is Gimli. She oh, yeah. loves Gimli. Go. I'm a huge dwarf fan when I play D&D. Yeah. So Gimli comes up. He's like, okay, we'll just smash it. And he, <laughs> That's what dwarves do. He, he tries to smash it with the axe and it can't happen. <laughs> no. So then everybody starts getting into a fight and Frodo then... I'll do it. Yeah. And I love the scene because you see him and then you just see this pained expression on Gandalf. Gandalf knew that's what had to happen. Gandalf knew what had to happen. That had to happen. But he, he didn't, didn't want, want it. it. And, you know, again, you can I, compare this in Harry Potter a lot. Dumbledore knew what Harry Potter had to do. And everybody's like, well, he's kind of a dick. He didn't want it to happen, but he, he also knew it, knew it had to. And I think Gandalf, at this point, knows that what Frodo has just said is, I will sacrifice my life. Yeah, he's doomed. He's to not, get this ring there. I am not coming back. Mm-hmm. My, my story will end. Mm-hmm. Let's just hope I can get there before it does. Yeah. And Gandalf knows that. Yeah. He's probably the only one in the Fellowship to know it. And mm-hmm. then, of course, you have the great scene of, if by my life or death, mm-hmm. you know, Aragorn says axe. that, you have my bow and yeah. my axe. Yeah, and, so, and then, of course, the other hobbits jump out of the woodwork like, uh, hey, you can't go without me. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, so, yeah, we so now we got... Now we have the Fellowship. Now we have the nine people in the Fellowship. Correct. And now, you know, again, this is... <laughs> more, is, more. This is more than halfway through the movie, and, and we're just, just now, now starting the journey. But do you know what? Every time I watch this movie, it doesn't feel an hour and a half into the movie. No. This feels like, oh, crap, is it really an hour and a half into this movie already? Yeah, because like, we literally had a journey to start the journey. Yeah. Um, so now, now they actually get to start the journey. Um, we learn of Arwen and Aragorn's love for each other. We learn that he is the rightful king of, of Gondor. Gondor. And we see the shards of Narnia, which I love that scene oh, where gosh. Bor- Boromir picks it up he and like cuts his, cuts his finger. And then, like, Aragorn, I love Aragorn. I love everything about Aragorn. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, Boromir drops the sword because he's like, it doesn't matter, you know. This guy screwed us over. His lineage is gone. They're not caring. Because mm-hmm. Boromir is actually the family that is the stewards of Gondor. Because He's the son of the steward. Aragorn's the last of the kings. But they don't know. At the time that Boromir and Aragorn meet, mm-hmm. they don't know that. He's just a ranger at that moment. When yeah, he, when he but, cuts his finger. But yeah, so. But he drops the sword because he's like, it doesn't matter. And like, I just love how Aragorn goes and picks it up and puts it back on. Puts it exactly where it yeah, should be. Yeah, it goes back onto the pedestal. And then you find out that he is in love with. Arwen. Arwen, who is, you know... She's willing to give up her immortality. Yeah. and But um, her husband, uh, her, her dad's father. Elrond, and, you know, it's the typical, I want 
better for, for you my daughter, yeah. than a guy that's living off the land and, you know, he's going to die, you're not, yep. what are you going to do with that and everything like that. So there's this, like, forbidden love and she gives him, you know, go, here's the evening star and she get and, like, I didn't know this until later, this wasn't in the books, but she gives him, like, that necklace mm-hmm. that is pretty much her that's, soul. That's her, her soul. That's, yeah. that's her life essence, basically. Yeah. yeah. And so they go off and, um... They start their journey, and I love this scene that, you know, you got all this great... And, you know, one thing we haven't talked about. One of the things that makes this movie is New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand's beautiful. New Zealand makes this movie, because, you know, you feel like you're in a different world. So, we have all these beautiful shots from cranes and helicopters of them literally walking past through New Zealand. And but it's so beautiful. Yeah, and then we get this really cool montage where... Uh, Saruman's talking, he's like, which way are you going to go? Are you going to go on the mountains? And they start going on the mountains, and it's too bad. So then they have to go. Well, and, the, and you get the kind of the wizard's duel. Yeah. Saruman on top of his tower, and Gandalf up in the mountain, mm-hmm. casting spells at each other yeah. to make the mountain fall down. So they have to go through the, the mines, mines of Moria. Moria. And um, and the whole way Gimli's like, oh, you'll never have yeah, such yeah, great dwarven yeah, ale. Yeah, and, we'll have food and... It's a great thing and everything. So we get down there. Gandalf um, knows. Yeah, Gandalf doesn't want to go down there. And, like, the ring, it's up to the ring bear. And he yeah. says, we got to go through the mine. So we get there. Um, this is one other, one other little nitpick I would do. I don't think we need the octopus boss battle. We didn't need it. No. I mean, it was it was good for a little heightened tension. Yeah, but I mean, like... But it wasn't needed. Because, I mean, like, we've gotten all this. We got everything. You know, it was just one of the... I felt like it was one monster too many. You could have pulled it. It wouldn't and, have hurt the movie. And Peter Jackson loves his monsters. He does. But and, I like, mean, it's the Guardian Ford. I understand who he is. But it's, you know, you could have just kept going. And you didn't need that, but... Well, because as soon as they get inside Moria, mm-hmm. the dread picks up all over yeah. again. Except for this is where the best speech of this movie is. Is right it. when... Right when they get in, um, they're going through the mine. And, like, I'm claustrophobic, so when, like, Gandalf's, like, it'll take us, like, three to five days to get through this. Oh, but this mine is not small. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to be underground for five days. I'd be underground in dwarven construction for five days. Mm. I wouldn't com- I wouldn't complain at all. Like, my claustrophobia is not being closed in. It's, I can't go outside. Yeah, I get like, that. Oh, okay. I, I couldn't do that. But, you know, the only person that knows their way through... Because they thought they would have all these dwarves to say hi and get them through. They get there and they're all dead. All of them are dead. And Gimli's having a thing. But the only person that knows it now is Gandalf. And he gets lost at one point and they sit down. And I love this scene because him and Frodo are talking. And they know that um, Gollum is following them. He's like, he's been following us three days. And Frodo pretty much says, I wish Bilbo would have killed him at that time. Oh, yeah. And then Gandalf gets into this thing. He's like, there's some people that... Um, should die that live, which, you know, and the some world people who today, should die. <laughs> I believe it, yeah, and good people that should live have died. Mm-hmm. It's not up to you to decide that. It's not up to anybody to decide that. And yeah. then it gets even better because then um, Frodo says the line of, I wish I wasn't alive in these times. And again, this is right after 9-11. I mean, and this, this is, is so good. And, you know, it, ha- it would have been a good line anytime, but in the point of our world where it was right after 9-11, he goes, I don't want to be living in these times. And Gandalf says back to him, none of us do. But it's what you do with these times that matters. You know, the good of man is going to come by. And it's just 
such a yeah. goosebump-inducing speech. And it's just this it re- wonderful really time because, like, the movie's building up tension. You're about to get in all this stuff, but the movie's still new. Okay, we're having this moment of character building and world building. This is everything you need this to know was- about this Gandalf. And this is my favorite Gandalf because we'll talk about how there's different Gandalfs. This is a good Gandalf here. Yeah. This Gandalf has lived for a thousand years and is much more in touch with humanity and cares about the little things. And that's actually a very important part because hobbits in this world are the little things. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. But they're also figuratively the little things. Yes. Um, so this speech is, is it's so good because I, got it, I pulled it up here real quick. Frodo says, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. Gandalf says, so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what we do with the time that is given to us. There are other forces at work in this world, Frodo, besides that of evil. Bilbo was meant to find the ring, in which case you were also meant to have it, and that is an encouraging thought. I love that last line. Yes. Because that's Gandalf saying, I know you're terrified, you're terrified of this, but this is meant to happen. And I feel good that you are the one that has it, because there's the force in this world that wants you to have it. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I, I mean, it's, and like I said, any other time, like if this would have come out three years before. That's still a great it line. It would have still been a great, but just that added thing of. September 11th had just happened. We're in this new kind of world, because at the time, <laughs> you know, people were still smarting with it. Yeah, we were still processing what had happened to us just two and a half, three months earlier. Yeah, this is, this movie came out at the end of December. It happened in the middle of September. Right. So, they sit there. Um, the interesting thing about Gandalf is Gandalf knows a lot more than he ever leads on. Yes. Gandalf knows what happened in Moria. Yes. He may not know exactly, but he... You He's can got see a good his... inclination of why he didn't want to go there. Yeah, because you hear Saruman when he says, will you go to Moria? The dwarves delved too deeply. You know? Yeah. So Gandalf knows there's something down here. Yes. Um, something ancient, something evil that... I Men it. and no one else would know about. They get to the first campsite mm-hmm. inside the mines, which actually happens to be, and it's not, it winds up not being a campsite. Uh, it, it wound up being the tomb of... So So Gimli is related to the dwarves from The Hobbit. Yes, one of them. Well, yeah, but they're yeah. all... Really, anyway, so um, many of them were related in The Hobbit. So this is the tomb of um, Balin. Mm-hmm. And who was in the Hobbit? Who was in the Hobbit? Uh, who was king of Moria? Mm-hmm. Um, and he picks up. They all say, "Okay, be quiet. We're in the mines. Let's not wake anybody up. Mm-hmm. There's stuff down here. We don't want to wake up." So everybody kind of sits down. Gandalf picks up the book, the journal. And I love that. Part oh my too. god, the journal is great. The final thing he's like, "They are coming," or it was like drums, drums in the deep. Uh, they are coming. coming. They are here. They are here. And then everything is silent. And and this is something that we haven't talked about yet. The use of music and sound, sound. in this movie. There's is a reason just why so it won good. so many Oscars. And at this point, this was the first time since the movie started that there was literally pure silence on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then Pippin, I think it was yeah. again. Fool of a two. Knocks the He's, pl- the no, he's playing with the arrow. Like, there's this arrow yep. in, like, a dead dwarf, and he's right on the edge of a well. And he pulls it out. And he's just kind of fiddling with it, and it just breaks off the dude's 
head, and then the whole thing falls just tumbles in. down the well. And makes hear noise, chung, chung, and that's the chung. only noise you hear. There's uh-huh. no music. There's no sound. It literally is just that chunking, and then it goes silent again. Just pure silence again, where they're like listening to see if something is going to happen, mm-hmm. and then Gandalf comes over, full of a took, and yeah, and you know, then, and then all of a sudden you hear boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, you're like, oh shit, here are those drums. Cave, the cave troll and all the goblins The cave troll was awesome. I love I love that. They've got a cave troll. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they have a big action scene. They're worried that Frodo gets it. He's fine. And they this is the out. first real big action scene. Yeah. Now, we're, we're two hours into, two plus hours into the movie. This is the first time you get to see where, and like, actually really the last time you get to see what the oh. whole fellowship could do. This is the last time they're all together. Yeah. And so then um, they're fighting and they think they win, but all of a sudden you just hear this new sound. And that's what gets everybody to run away. And Gandalf is just like, run. Yeah. Everybody run. Make for the make for the uh, the bridge of Khazad Doom. Mm-hmm. They get to the bridge. Arrows are flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. And as they start to run across... This is where we always talk about there's not OSHA standards yeah. Again, this in is, uh, Moria. Yeah, this is, the, this is the... The bridge is huge. It goes across a, a chasm. And it's really wide enough for one person. Uh-huh. No guardrails. There's no guardrails. And, but the steps are crumbling. I love you hear something. It's and then all of a sudden, all the goblins just start disappearing. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you realize something else is coming. You don't know what yet. Something that the goblins are scared of. Um, Gandalf has an idea. Um, and they, they all make it across, except for Gandalf, who stops on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Turns around and he faces this giant devil. Mm-hmm. It's called a Balrog in the story, but basically, for all intents and purposes, it's a devil. It's a demon. He's literally made of fire. He has a whip yeah. of fire. Uh, this is this is Gandalf. I would argue at one of his most powerful throughout the entire trilogy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do much. It doesn't look like he does much. And that's one of the things that people have always knocked about this Gand- about Gandalf. He's this great, powerful wizard. Why isn't he casting spells? Yeah. Well, because his power is his force. It's it's his it's his will. And so when he stands there and he smacks that staff down, you shall not pass. Yeah, and that Balrog can't come through. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's that's his power. That's his spell. Um. So yeah, all of the all the rest of the fellowship. Start running out, and they watch from like because they're right at the end of the Moria. They're out of the thing. Yeah, they just gotta go out the far door, yeah. basically. And so, like, they're watching, and Gandalf and this Balrog have this giant fight. You think that the Balrog Gand- falls into yeah, the, the pit? Yeah, ba- the Balrog falls into this pit. You think Gandalf wins, everything's happy, and then this... um, you just see the whip come out and just grab. Well, because Gandalf turns around and smiles at Frodo. Yeah, and Frodo's and happy. Then, whoosh, and and then the whip grabs his ankle. Grabs his ankle and just does it, and he's able to say, Fly, Fly you fools. And then he falls. And then he falls. And that's this it part, of Gandalf. This part, Michelle and I went and saw. Because mm-hmm. we were, let's see, 2001, we were still dating at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got so mad at me. Because after the movie, she goes, Is Gandalf dead? And I said, Yes. Mm-hmm. Gandalf is dead. Yeah. Gandalf the Grey is dead. Yeah, he's dead. Now, I mean, Gandalf's not coming back, but that Gandalf is dead. I, now, she never read the book, so yeah, she just thought he was dead. She neither was like, did I. I'm like, oh, I She thought, was like, oh my god. I'm like, I thought he'd be in more of that. Um, I love what happens, and I, I believe it's in, in the second movie, you find out what happens yeah. to Gandalf. And like he, you see oh my fight god, the fight on the way down. And now, I think epic. that might just be in the 
um, extended cut. Extended. It may be. I don't know. But the the fight is just it's an epic fight. Gandalf knows they're falling basically into into another dimension into yeah. an abyss. They just keep falling. And they just keep fighting the whole way and down. Then somehow they end up on top of a mountain. Yeah. Um. But that gets into the second movie. Um, yeah, but it's so, relevant to here. Yeah, so, you know, he's gone. Um, they do make it outside. Mm-hmm. And everybody's the, crying. Yeah, everybody's crying. Everybody's upset. Um, Frodo doesn't know what to do. And it's Aragon that gets them going again. You know, Boromir doesn't want them to. You know, like, Bor- this is a good time to talk about Boromir. Is he a hero or is he a flawed person? Because I still he's, think he's a hero. He's still a hero. But he does have a flaw. He yeah. He was. You have able to understand. To be corrupted. So, yeah, but you have to understand. One of the things he talks about back at the forming of the fellowship is using it. Is not not just using, it, but he talked about why. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think he's a hero, but he has a flaw. Uh, so you look at the way, and this takes us up above Middle Earth. We're looking down on it. Gondor, where he's from, is the only real country of man mm-hmm. that borders Mordor. Yeah, they keep Mordor at bay. They are the ones that have been fighting Mordor for centuries, mm-hmm. losing generations of people. Like, you don't grow old in Gondor. No. So, you can move out of Gondor. Yeah, no joke. I mean, later on in, in, in the second movie and in, in in into the third movie, you, you, we talk a lot about... We spend quite a bit of time in Osgiliath, mm-hmm. which is right on the border. Um, but you kind of learn that, that Gondor is is this... So this is where... I think he is a hero. His, his, his intentions are noble. Yeah. And his intentions are... But he's flawed are... by centuries of warfare. And none of us can say that we would be any different. No. He's not doing anything out of spite or evil or corruption. He's doing it because he thinks this can help his people defeat yeah. these this enemy that had been fighting him for centuries. Yeah. I mean, like, if there is something out there right now, it's like... You can do this, and it's going to end Corona, and like okay. everybody can go back to their regular lives and everything. Like that I would, you know, even if it's like, but it's evil. You know, there's a chance that all of it go wrong. I'm like, let's We're take that shot. chance. We're yeah. shot. Let's take. So I can totally see it. And I like can. this part, Boromir's like, give them a moment. These guys need a moment. And like he's thinking with his heart, but Aragon, it's like, no, we got to keep going. You know, it's the mission, and he gets them up. You know, it's not like he's kicking them or anything, but, you no. know, he gets the... And, like, it's mostly the hobbits, because Gimli and Legolas have seen death. I mean, like, they're still upset by Gandalf. They're still but, upset, but they're ready know, to keep going. For the hobbits, this is something brand new. Oh, this is all brand new. The hobbits, the hobbit race as a whole, think that Bilbo is some weird dude because he left the Shire and went on an adventure. You just don't do that as a hobbit. Yeah. And so here they are way on the other side of the world at this point mm-hmm. for them. It's not that far if you look at a map, really. Um, but they're gone. And you're right. Boromir, I think, tries to take the ring a little bit mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Because you notice if you if you pay attention, you, I mean, you don't pay attention. They show it very... very yeah, the, he kind of slides and, his... Well, you've got Aragorn with his hand on his sword as uh, Boromir is talking to Frodo. Yeah. He's like... And then, like, he just kind of like... Who and like yeah, takes puts it back away. and then puts it back because you know Aragorn was going to protect Frodo even yeah. if it meant killing Boromir. Yeah, he would protect him at all costs. So now we get to near the end of the movie, and you know Gandalf is done. You know Frodo Gandalf's dead. Um, Frodo goes off, and you know Boromir has the moment where he does try to he does try to take, take the, the ring. ring, but and then he hears. Yeah, but it's only a second. But you know 
It's enough. Yeah, and it's one of those things that it's only a second, and like he doesn't have long to live. But the rest of you can say the rest of his life he's trying to make up to yeah, it. Yeah, because this is where Boromir redeems himself. Yeah, and again, like um, one thing he we sees didn't sting glow is what it is. Yeah. Sting is is Frodo's sword. It glows when orcs are around. Mm-hmm. And one thing we didn't mention is the thing with Sauron. He's making he's making an army. He's making an army, and like the music in that, I just love that. It's like da 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 dun dun dun. Yeah. Boom, boom, da, da, da. And, like, so there's a scene where you see him making it, and then, like, he makes this, like... He makes like a super a, orc, basically, yeah. called an Uruk-gai. Yeah, and it's, like, this bastard thing that's coming out of the ground. And, like, he's just a... He makes the rest of the orcs seem small. He's like, well, he basically crushes that goblin. Yeah, he's this fighter orc, so... And it's not just one of them. There's a party. Yeah, there, there's a lot of them, but there's this one that's here. And so um, he sees that it's going on. Frodo starts running away, and Boromir then helps. Boromir like takes on an army. Yeah, of he orcs. goes to Marion Pippin. He has the horn of Gondor, and he starts blowing it. So all the orcs are coming to him to leave the rest of the party alone, and everybody else is because they're on the shore. Oh, like we mentioned, we missed the whole part with Gladriel and she giving them the. We um, did miss Galadriel, and she which gives, does become important yeah, later on. And she gives them all presents and everything like that. It's a beautiful scene. But now we're on the other side of that elf, you know, yeah. time. And they're on the shores, and um, Aragon and Legolas and Gimli are over here, so the only person to help Merry and Pippin is Boromir, and he's blowing the gondola horn, and he's taking out this whole thing. And then the, then the fighting uruk and, like, shoots the biggest fucking arrow I have basically ever a, seen. It's basically a damn ballista. <laughs> it's a tree! Yeah! It's and just... It, it, and it penetrates just, right into yeah, into and, just, and like you see him stumble, but he doesn't fall, and he keeps he gets fighting. back up and keeps fighting, and then he gets two more, and he gets back up, yeah, and then finally the third one he knocks over, and then the Urukai is about to kill him, and then Aragorn Aragorn comes shows flying up, in, yeah, and decapitates the eventually Urukai, yeah, and you know by now Boromir knows who Aragorn is, and he calls him my king. And, then he, and dies. he dies, and he put you know they you see him be pushed out with the broken horn of Gondor, which is very symbolic. Yes, it is. Um, and that shows up later in the movie too, with his brother Faramir finds it. Yeah, Faramir finds it. But they push him off to sea, and at this time, Frodo has decided that he's he got to go alone because everybody's going to be corrupted. And Aragorn actually does catch up to him. He's like, but lets him go. But he he knows what Frodo's mean, and like that's why Aragorn's so good. Aragorn's like, I would have fought with you to the end. He's like, I don't think, I think I could have done it. But he's like, this is your thing. Yeah. You know, I'm going to help. But then Because Mary and Pippin get taken, too. Sam, oh yeah, Mary and Pippin are captured at this point. <laughs> Sam Wise Gamgee at this point. And I love Sam. Becomes the type of friend that I wish I could always be to someone. Yeah. And that is, he can't swim. Yeah, and... But he says, you're not going alone, Frodo. Yeah, so Even Frodo's, if I die getting to you. Frodo's already in the boat. He's, like, halfway across. And Sam doesn't stop. I mean, he doesn't even take no. a moment to think. He just jumps in the river. He just starts going in the river, and he starts to drown. So, yeah. Frodo comes back. Frodo saves him. And saves but, him. And I mean, he's like... And then he says, is, I made a promise to Gandalf. He said, don't you leave him. Samwise Gamgee. Uh, Samwise Gamgee. And Mr. Frodo, I'm not. Yeah, but this is... This, you know, you step outside of the movie for a second, and you look at what what Samwise Gamgee does right here. This is, like I just said, this is the type of friend that I would like to be. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If I see 
my friend sailing away into danger. I will try to die. To I will die him. getting to you to, mm -hmm. to help you. You know, um, and that's something that is tough, right? You know, you you sit here and you're just like, you're not sure what to do. Um, but he goes out there into this river, mm. knowing he can't swim. Knowing that if I don't make it... I'm dead. I'm dead, but... I'm least, going with my friend. Yeah, at least I did what I could to get with my friend. And Samwise Gamgee at this point, to me, endears himself as the most... To me, the most loyal character I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Ever. Mm -hmm. There's no one more loyal than Samwise Gamgee. And kind-hearted and good, you know. Yeah. He's everything that's good in this world. Yeah. People talk about... And, and it comes up numerous times throughout this trilogy. Mm -hmm. the, the the goodness of Samwise. Um, but, you know, he... This, this really is a fight for people like Sam. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a fight for the good in the world. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things, because, like, what we're going to get into is, like, talking about our favorite character. My yes. favorite character in everything... Is Aragorn. Is, you know, is Aragorn, but, like, just... In all kinds of movies, is that person that is inherently good and is still going to fight because they're inherently good. Right. Um, and like I always like people ask me, who's your favorite superhero? And I say, my favorite superhero as an ideal or my favorite stories to read the and watch. Because they're different. Because I love Batman stories. Batman is awesome. He's Daredevil my favorite. stories. Because I like those stories and where they go to in the darkness and everything like that. But if you're asking me my ideal for my favorite superhero, it it's is Superman. Superman. It is Superman, and it's the good Superman. It's not, you know, Zack Snyder Superman. It's right. all-star Superman. I have a giant Superman tattoo on my shoulder, right. and it's got my favorite um, thing from all-star Superman. You know, that's why I love Sam. Because he's that same sort of good, you know? Mm -hmm. And people are like, those characters are boring. If they're 100% good, where's the interest? It's like the interest is the interest living is up to the good. ideal. It's into I mean, the, where is there a line that they won't cross? And like Sam's Sam like, no. doesn't. Sam doesn't. And that's why I say, I hope to be that kind of, I mean, we yeah. all do. I, I hope to be that kind of person in, in, in my real life mm -hmm. where there is no line I will not cross. Yeah, I will be with you until the utter ruin and possibly death of me. I will be with you in your time of need, mm -hmm. even if it means the ruin of me. Yeah. And that's what Sam proves throughout this entire trilogy. Yes. Um, so... They go off, Sam... At this point, now it's only Sam and Sam Frodo and for Frodo. the rest of the yeah. movie. For the rest of the trilogy. The rest of the series, yeah. It's just those two and, and everybody And then on else. the other side, we've got Boromir's dead. Mm -hmm. So we've only got Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas. Mm -hmm. And they have to hunt the orcs yeah, because who took Merry and, and Pippin. Yeah, because all the orcs know is a halfling has... They don't know what these two they don't know what names are. Yeah, they don't know who Frodo is, so they just see these and they pick them up. And, they go and so, like, the movie ends, and, like, it kind of ends on a depressing note, because Gandalf's dead. Gandalf's dead, Boromir's dead, dead, and the party is fractured. Yeah, the party's fractured. Frodo is like, I don't trust you guys. I Well, I don't, tr it's not I don't trust you. I, I can't. have to do this. I have to do this. It's just me and Sam. And, like, Legolas even says, then it was, you know, we failed. This is a failure. You know, the, it's The fellowship over. is broken. We have failed. And Aragorn, you know, this is where Aragorn is so powerful. He's like... I'm going to go get them back. He's like, we are still together. The bonds that put The bonds together. that we formed are still here. Yeah, so we're going to go 
and we're going to get them back. You know, Frodo might be going on his own, but we're doing our own thing. The fellowship we're going is, to help him. Yeah, we're going to help him just in a different way. Yeah. And they do, obviously, throughout the next two yeah. movies. It's an incredible story. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of... We, I mean, we can't... It's an hour and nine minutes into it. This is going to be our longest episode, and we warned you last week it would be, because uh, I just have such a passion for this. Yeah, and just, it's, you know, the story, but just the movie making itself, too. The cinematography, the editing. The music. The music. Um, God, it's beautiful music. I've, I've often said... I still listen to this music when I'm doing stuff. I do There's no movie, to me, that... There may be movies that have "quote unquote" better music, mm-hmm. but there's no movie that uses its music yeah. better than Lord of the Rings. It's such a beautiful score, you know. There's a reason that it won those Oscars, you know. It's it's just beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, everything as a movie, it's right. really good too. And this is the reason that it's the only fantasy movie. Well, I guess now, um, Shape of Water one, but is that a fantasy? I don't consider that the same level of fantasy. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know what to. Think it's of Shape of fantastic, Water. but not yeah. fantasy. Yeah, but this, you know, this is the only big, you know, blockbuster type of movie to win a Best Picture. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know, Star Wars never did. No, Star Wars never um, has. Indiana Jones didn't. Nope. This did because... And this, we talked about it last week, easily could have swept three years yeah, of but Oscars. They knew after the first year, okay, we're going to win. We're going to give it to the third year. We're going to give it as... And I don't consider Return of the King as... The one movie that got it, I consider Lord it's of the, the Rings. Trilogy. One. Yeah, yeah. They just gave it at the end, saying, "You know, well congratulations but for your three movies." To me, there's no, there's no question in my mind that for three years, no other movie needed to show up to the Oscars. Yeah, because this could have won the, all of those awards um, all three years. Yeah, because it wins most awards. You know, it. The only thing that annoys me is no actors won. No individual actors won, but I, I read somewhere. Where none of them, where they requested, all they all requested none of them to be up for actor, best actor. Mm-hmm. Because supporting. none of them were the so, main actor. Yeah, because um, Ian McKellen gets nominated in this movie for Gandalf. But right. it's the only person that ever even got nominated right. for it. And I, I don't remember where I read that, but somewhere I read that they requested to mm-hmm. not be nominated individually. Yeah. Which but, is cool. You know, it, it, it wins every single no- Oscar it's nominated for yeah. in Return of the King. And that's because... It's done it's, right. It's a good movie. This you know? is an example of what you can do with any genre, any mm-hmm. any sort of story, if you just do it right. Yeah. Easy. Mm-hmm. Done. So now we'll actually get into the things we talked about. Yeah, so that's... That's, that's our, our thing. Sh- that's, that's our, that's our short wrap-up. Yeah, the short wrap-up is an hour and 12 minutes. Only a yep. third of the movie. Yeah. Um, so now let's actually talk about stuff. The best speech. For this the, movie. The best now, speech we already talked about. We it's, already talked about it. It's 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 the Gandalf speech in the um no minds is, about no one no one wants times. to yeah, no one wants to live through these times, no. it's what you do. I it mean really it's is. there there's not I mean, yeah, the my axe is cool and the The forming of the fellowship is neat. Yeah, but there's no better speech. And like no. I said, for the time, this was like almost a solve for our wounds, you know. It really was. You saw this and people I remember people cried when they heard this because it was that first time. Mm-hmm. It's like we can get through this so, world. Let's go then, since we talked about that, yeah. what's the best scene for you? The best scene? I know which one it is for me. Um, you know, I'm going to... I'd probably say that, but I'm going to just leave that for that. You know, I'm, okay. usually, but I'm going to give another one just so we have a different answer. Sure. Um, 
I would say him battling the Balrog. I mean, it's okay. it's, it's the good. scene that it's fantastic. Yeah, you know, like I'll watch this movie all the time. Sometimes I'll be on my phone. Second, that Balrog comes, <clears throat> put the phone. You set that down for me. Um, it's still an emotional scene for me. Mm-hmm. It's the redemption of Boromir. Mm-hmm. It's him just yeah. That's up there. That's really close. The way too. he just wails into that army of orcs by himself to redeem him to he, redeem himself because like, he, he needs- looks at Frodo and he says he he says he basically is like. I know I've been wrong. Mm-hmm. Here's my chance to make it right. Yeah, it might not be with Frodo. He might not ever get to say I'm sorry to Frodo. But he does say I'm sorry by giving his life. Yeah, but he gives his life. Yeah, and like, you know, I don't see him as conflicted here. I see him as a hero that made a mistake. and then He's a hero that makes a mistake. Makes up for it. Yeah. Uh, what's your best hero? Okay, so overall, it's Aragorn. Yeah. Aragorn, not even close. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite one, but I'm um, because if we do this every week, I just be it's like, just Aragorn. Aragorn. Yeah. So I'm going to give it to I like Gandalf the Grey because I like Gandalf the Grey a lot more than Gandalf the White. Gandalf the Grey is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I'm I'm Aragorn is your best traditional hero. Yeah. And like you said, if you have to take this whole movie as a whole, I'm going to give it to Aragorn. Mm-hmm. But because that would just be the boring answer, mm-hmm. I'm going with Samwise Gamgee. Yeah, I mean, he's a great one, too, because he's loyal, and he... That scene in the river just solidifies mm-hmm. him to me. And later in the two other movies, there's a scene in each of them where you're just like, if he wasn't here, it would have failed. It wasn't just Frodo. Yeah, the spider in in, 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 in one, in, in two... No, that's three. Or in three, um... Well, just in three, the whole... Well, the whole thing you, in three, when he picks him up Yeah, I was about to say, bench. it's the... You can't carry... I can't carry the ring, but, but I, can I can carry, carry you. you. And he picks him up. Yeah, and I like mean, in the second one is like the speech if, in that one. If I could aspire to be anybody from these movies, mm-hmm. it would be Samwise Gamgee. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> coolest Legolas moment. There wasn't really an individual... I mean... Uh, no, when he is just the, attacking the shit out the of the cave, cave troll. troll. Yeah. yeah, it has to be the cave troll. And I, like I said, there's so many things that I remember vividly seeing the first time. That cave I, troll. I didn't know who Orlando Bloom was. Didn't know. I didn't know who Legolas was. I saw that. I'm like, I love this character. Legolas was awesome. And I love, as we'll get into this later, him and Gimli's competition throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the two movies. Yeah. They're fantastic. Because historically, in this type of setting, an elf and a dwarf do not get along. Yeah. And, like, and their love for each other is fantastic. Legolas doesn't have much to do in this movie. Like, he's so much cooler than the next two because he's not even introduced two-thirds of the way through. He doesn't right. have that much. But that is that is a scene that I remember. I'm like, this dude's awesome. And like... Right. He just so, gets cooler. Then we go to the next one, and, and we discuss this. What character would you be? Not what character could you be. There's a big difference. I couldn't be any of these characters. Yeah. What character would you be if you could be one of these? Aragorn. Mm-hmm. I'd want to be Aragorn because he does what's right, he does what's just, and he does what's noble throughout. You know? Yeah. I wouldn't want to be Gandalf because it's too much, you know? Gandalf's got a lot. I For me, again, it tosses back to Samwise. Mm-hmm. Samwise, to me, is the strongest character in all three movies. Yeah. And it's one of those things that Samwise and Aragorn are the same kind of character. They really are. The one difference is, like, if I'm picking one, I don't want to be a fat hobbit that is just (laughs) nice and, like, is loyal and everybody likes him. I want to be that loyal, that nice, that good, but can also fight thousands of orcs at once and get the babe elf. I mean, here's the thing. Samwise, and man, I'm not going to knock Aragorn because Aragorn has moment after moment after moment after moment. And Samwise does as well. But Aragorn doesn't have his quote-unquote Samwise moment. 
Yeah. Until the end of part three. For sure. No. When he says no one should kneel before you. That's my friends. No one. No one kneels before you. You. Or no. No. no, You you kneel before no no one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You bow to no one, and then he gets everybody. So. To me, again, it's Samwise. That scene still makes like I've oh, seen it makes this, me cry every time I see it. I've seen this movie thirty times, yeah. and when he says, "My friends, you, you kneel, kneel to no one," I'm just like, <laughs> "I love you, Frodo." <laughs> I know, right? Um, and then I think, based on some of these answers, one role you can't recast. See this, like I said, this is a really hard one because like, Ian McKellen's Gandalf, but but I could see other like if you give that to Christopher Lee. I think he would have made a great, great Gandalf. Sure, I cannot picture anyone nobody is, else as Aragorn. Nobody's Aragorn but Viggo Mortensen. And it's funny because he wasn't. Aragorn. I didn't know. I didn't know anybody. I didn't. I had no clue who Viggo Mortensen was. I knew him from Crimson Tide. I guess he was in Crimson Tide. Yeah, but I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I'm like, isn't he the t-? like? There was two things I knew him from, and one of them was Crimson Tide. But the funny thing was, he wasn't Aragorn. He came. What was it? A month into filming. Yeah, there was actually. I actually would, already cast another guy, hadn't I? I would love to see some of the footage. I think it's Stuart Townsend. Maybe. I would love to see some of the footage because, you know, Peter Jackson just knew something wasn't right. And he and Viggo Mortensen walks on and he's like, boom, you're... Yeah. That's it. And Viggo Mortensen doesn't play Aragorn. No. He becomes him. He just becomes... Similar to how... The way I, I look at Viggo Mortensen and Aragorn mm-hmm. is similar to how I look at Heath Ledger and the Joker. Yeah. You, I never once saw Heath Ledger. No, like I know who Viggo Mortensen is. He's done movies since then. There's no, of been course movies I've liked, but when I see it, that's Aragorn. And like, when I see Viggo Mortensen in that movie, it's and Aragorn. like you know, there's so many you know, there's things you heard about it that um, he carried his sword around with him mm-hmm. when he wasn't even in thing. So he actually had to have a note from the maker saying. He is in Lord of the Rings, and he doesn't want to get because like please let him have his sword. He'd go into like shop. Starbucks, yeah. and he had this giant fucking sword with him. So like he yeah. did that, and then we'll talk about it in the next movie. But there's a scene where he breaks his foot, and they kept it on. It the, stays on. Yeah, it's in the film, um, he kicks because he's so into the scene. Like they think Mary and Pippin are dead, and he kicks this helmet. And when he kicked the helmet, he kicked it really hard. And he kicked it wrong. Broke his foot. It keeps and going. He screams in anguish in the movie, and it's like, ah, and that's him breaking his foot and falls <laughs> over and keeps the scene going. And Peter Jackson was like, "That was brilliant." He's like, "Foot <laughs> broke my foot." Yeah, but he stayed in character long enough yeah, that he finished yeah, he, the scene. Yeah, he finished the scene, and that. So when you hear him scream in anguish because he thinks that's him you're breaking in, his foot, that's him breaking his foot in a horrible yeah, exactly. pain, but channels it through. So yeah, um, I mean, like, I can't recast him. I mean, Leg- Orlando Bloom's Legolas is great. Oh, um, there's no John Reese Davies as Gimli is great. Right. All the Hobbits, you, you know, could recast John Reese Davies, but only because he's behind so much makeup. Yeah, but I mean, he's great. I mean, he's just great as he is. I mean, like. But, but the thing Morrison with is, just... yeah, Viggo Morrison is, you know, when I saw a lot of Gimli, I loved Gimli, but it's still um, Sala from yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark playing yeah, Gimli. Um, the interesting thing is, as we mentioned, not only was Christopher Lee the only one to to actually have met Tolkien, mm-hmm. Christopher Lee is actually a former British special operative. Yeah. And so... 
there was a scene, and they, they've talked about this, there was a scene where they're fighting orcs. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Aragorn stabs an orc through the back, mm-hmm. and the orc makes a noise. And Christopher Lee walks up on set. He's off stage. He's off set. And he walks over, and he doesn't say anything but this. He just walks in, and he goes, that's not what it sounds like when you stab someone in the back. They sound like this, and he makes a noise, and then turns around and walks off. Yeah. And everybody so, just stood there and stared at him. <laughs> so do you think, like, Christopher Lee low-key kind of hated Ian McKellen? Because, like, no. the role he wanted his whole life was Gandalf, and he didn't get it? No, because I think Christopher Lee did a fantastic <coughs> job as Saruman. Yeah, but you know he wanted to be Gandalf. Oh, God, of course he wanted to be Gandalf. He's like, I'm going to play Gandalf. This is my one goal in life. And they make the movie, and it's like, you're cast. Yes, but not as Gandalf. You're the one who's anti-Gandalf. Yeah, you're evil Gandalf. It's like, oh, shit. I don't know. I mean, maybe low-key, but at the same yeah. time, if if I know, if I'm Christopher Lee, I am above the moon to just be in the movie. Yeah. I mean, end of story. Um, so, that's pretty much going to wrap part one. Part one, yeah. Well, well, of now, this. You know, it's going to get worse, because Two Towers, I could talk three oh, hours just about Helm's Deep. There's no doubt. Um, Helm's Deep has three hours worth of content. Yeah. And this is where some of my favorite, you know, some of my favorite characters haven't even been introduced yet. Um, all the people in Rohan. The oh Rohirian. my god! Yeah, the Rohirian. I love. You know, I yeah. love um, the Ents. The Ents. Yeah. Um, Faramir. You know, Faramir there's so gets many characters that ha- Gollum. We really get an introduction of Gollum in in part yeah. two because we've seen him in the background. Uh-huh. And you know, I love Fellowship because it builds this world. So when you start with uh, two Towers, you can just expand. And Two Towers, unlike Fellowship, just goes. Yeah, and it's great. And, like, I guess it's the worst of the books because it's really boring. Because I they, enjoyed it. They move a lot, I guess, out of Two Towers into Return of the King and the book, and the book is just kind of slow. But, my God, I love the movie. I enjoy the book still, too. But, yeah. but again, it, it's not for everybody. Yeah. You know, so. But, um, yeah, so next um, one will be Two Towers. My God, I love this movie. It'll take us a while to get through that one, too. So if you've hung with us for an hour and a half, uh-huh. props to you. Um, every line that... Nobody can sit with us for an hour and a half in general anyway. <laughs> yeah, e- including our wives. Nobody would sit with me for an hour and a half. Um, this is why we're best friends, though, because... Because we could do this! Yeah, because no one else could sit with us and talk about Lord of the Rings no. for an hour and a half. Um, with that being said, you know, again, we continue to look for people who want to just talk to us in general. So, I mean, obviously you can hit us up on Facebook, SoundCloud, leave a review on there, leave a review mm-hmm. in iTunes. Um, you have, if you're our friends, you probably have our emails or Facebook yeah. message us there. Let us know what you think of this episode. Um, because I'm very curious. Because we can tweak a little bit going into Return of the King. Or um, into uh, two, towers. two Towers. I always miss Two Towers. I always go straight to Return of the King. Um, and if you don't say anything, I'm We're going just going to assume it's normal and we're going to go. I'm going to pretty much do all of Bernard Hill's lines in the movie. With, <laughs> you know, and just, you know, talk about the, you know, age of a reckoning is here. Yeah. And all those lines he has in Helm's Deep. God, yeah. it's... And we meet our second or third or fourth two closely named character... Yeah. Between Arwen and Eowyn. Yeah. Who's now what now? Which one? Um, so, yeah. Why um, didn't they name a person Bob? They did. Bob he, and he was, Fred. Bob was on craft services. Yeah. <laughs> um, What's that girl's name? Mary. <laughs> yeah. What's that girl's name? Stephanie. You know, then, <laughs> exactly. Then I could keep them apart. Um, 
So yeah, if we don't hear from you, we're going to assume that you like this kind of format and we're going to keep doing it. And even if I do hear from you, I'm still going to do all the monologues from the King of Rohan next week. That's fair. Uh, so I guess, like I said, reach out to us, uh, leave us reviews. We <laughs> I, I looked at us on iTunes. We actually have five, like four or five star reviews. Hey, thanks guys. Whoever did that. Cool. Your daughter did one of them. Yeah. Um, cause she's awesome. Yeah, she is. Um, so leave us reviews, uh, Hit us up and just talk to us, too. I mean, we like to hear from people. Yeah, we're lonely. Yeah, we are lonely, so send me an email. I'm lonely. <laughs> just just ask him how he is. Just say, hi, Steve, how are you? And I'll be like, well... <laughs> um, but that's it for today. I won't I won't bore you anymore from an hour and a half in. Thank you for sticking through an hour and a half with us. Uh-huh. Uh, I hope that our passion for this movie really shows through. And it will definitely show through on Two Towers as well. Yes. So... We will talk to you on Two Towers. See you later.